Chip, do you have any adapters? Supposed to be one right there. service here at Stratford. It's been a wonderful day. If you was here this morning, you know what I'm talking about. We had a great, great morning worship, great word on Israel, all the blessings and everything that comes with those that bless Israel. It's had me thinking about that all day. So I want to be blessed, and I know you do too. I know we're looking forward to having a good service tonight, so on that, let's get out, shake hands, and welcome each other to church. Well, I went through the enemy's camp and I Son of my 
give him praise right now. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we worship you.
before Cameron comes to receive our offering tonight, I want you to get ready to sing that one more time. I want you to go back and sing that, that verse you were just singing. I want you, if you will, to turn around, find about two or three people standing close, get, get in a, a little circle right where you are. Would you just hook up with some folks right where you are, in the vicinity of where you are? You might need to move uh, over to somebody. We're going to be in a prayer, a prayer circle. God wants to touch you tonight. I believe that with all my heart. You can't cry out to the Lord and talk about him being your healer, him being your portion, and him not want to take an opportunity to do something about it. He wants to answer the cry of your heart tonight. Right now, would you begin to pray for those folks in your circle? Would you begin to intercede and let God use you right now where you stand? Come here. He spoke to me. give him great praise right now praise him come on don't do it halfway let's give him glory let's give him honor let's give him praise hallelujah forevermore hallelujah glory glory to God let me tell you something he knows right where you are don't you feel him tonight he knows what you're going through. He knows where you are. He knows you by name. He says, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. He loves you tonight. You ought to just give that love right back to him, right where you're standing. Give the love back to the Lord tonight. 
He's worthy of his praise. He's worthy tonight. Amen. Praise God. How many know that healing power tonight? You've experienced that before. As the pastor talked, and we're going to take up the offering as the ushers come tonight, I think about that song that says, You're all I need. Jesus, you're all I need. You can be seated tonight. I think the greatest healing is when we come to that point, when we realize that he's, he's all that we need, when we realize that his power and his grace is so sufficient for us. And I'm thankful tonight for his healing, healing touch. Let's pray tonight over this offering as we give. Father, we love you and we bless you. We ask you tonight, God, that you might put upon our hearts, God, uh, the things of you, Lord, that you might remind us constantly. Father, I pray tonight, God, someone walk out of here, God, and the power of God has just totally turned the direction, God, of their physical health around, God, their emotional health, God, the direction, God, of their relationship and, and their life in general, God, they'd walk out of here, God, and the miraculous, precious power of God visited them, God, and now they see, God, where they didn't see. They walk, God, where they didn't walk. Father, I pray it in Jesus' name that you'd bless this offering as we give in obedience, God, to your word and in response, God, to your Holy Spirit. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. 
Take me back, 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 take me back
Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? Have you ever been there in your life? Many, many times in my life, the Lord has had to take me back. I've had to go back and remember who he is and what he's done, where he's brought me from. How many of you can say you've been blessed? And that God has ministered to you and you can go back over your life and you can remember when he was a miracle worker for you. He was a deliverer for you. He was there for your children in the middle of the night. You can testify to the times when God has been there to minister to your need. Tonight I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to read 32, verse 32 through 39. Didn't get with the folks tonight on the message. But unbelievable how it always just kind of comes together. The Lord knows what he's doing. Say amen. He does. The message tonight, but number one, let me just say thank you so many of you. To, this afternoon, my phone was burning up and emails and Facebook and everything else under the sun. Boy, the Lord met with us this morning, didn't he? <laughs> Packed house. We don't even know, I don't even know what the count was on those that got saved, but what was more important is what well, we left out of here with some instructions on what to do with Israel, didn't we? God gave a specific and direct word to our church concerning the state of Israel. And I am thrilled that God was able to just come and bring us together like that and us leave and, and be so determined. I, all afternoon, I've just been thinking about Israel. And how many of you are going to start praying for her like never before? And we're going to do that. And I'm just so thankful. And thank you for those of you that took the time to, to, uh, to give feedback on the service this morning. I, I believe the Lord met with us in a wonderful way. And it's something that's, you know, somebody told me, they said that, that service was a game changer. A game changer and I believe that it was a change for our church it was a change in direction for our church and it was something that spoke to us directly from the Holy Spirit and I'm, I'm thankful to the Lord for that tonight continuing in this winner's circle I'm just gonna be preaching on how many of you want to be a winner you want to be a winner when it comes to God and all that he has for us and we're just gonna continue tonight with understanding that, you know, sometimes in order to be a winner, you got to know what you're, what you're counteracting. you got to know what you're fighting against so that you can stay a winner. And it's important for us to just continually stay focused on the things that cause us to be in the inner winter circle of, of Jesus. Tonight, I'm calling this the discipline of delay. In Hebrews chapter 10, the writer's telling us reminding us what we need to do in order to endure, in order to stay in the victor's triumphal march. Listen to what he says. But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle both of, by reproaches and tribulations, and partly why, while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains, and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance or patience so that after you have done the will of God, 
you may receive the promise. For yet, uh, how many of you know this is the word of God? Just wanted to remind you of that. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Can you say amen? Reading of God's word. Father, we ask you to bless and to touch in this hour that we're together. I pray in the name of Jesus, you'd minister to us and speak to us yet again by your Holy Ghost. Let us feel and know your direction and your leading as we come together in your house, meeting together, Lord, forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together as we see the day of the Lord approaching. Touch us tonight by your spirit. Speak to us, we pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As we said last Sunday morning, you know, if you're born again, you're born to win. You're part of the victory march, the triumphal march of Christ. We all triumph in Christ. It's important that we remember a couple of things that we talked about last Sunday. One is that we don't get to victory. We don't pray for victory. We don't seek victory. Why? Does anybody remember? It's a test. Because we already have the victory. We don't start looking for victory. We start at victory. We don't get to it. We start from it. We know that as believers, we don't fight for it. We've already got it, and we've achieved it through Jesus Christ. Victory is not a destination for us. It's a starting point, a beginning. But we also know that in the walk that we have with God, we're going to face heartache. We're going to face brokenness. We're going to face trials, troubles, tribulations. It's amazing. I can preach that message, which I'm sure in the seven years I've been your pastor, I've been I'm sure I've preached it quite a few times that you're going to go through hardships. You're going to go through troubles. But isn't it amazing that it seems like the, the current issues or the current circumstances tend to overshadow anything that we've known from the past. And we tend to need to, to be reminded of the fact that we are victors always in Jesus. It says he is able to cause us always to triumph in Christ. The passage of scripture I read to you tonight talks about enduring through the struggles and the hard times so that we remain victors. And it's important that we remember that sometimes God doesn't always work exactly like we think he ought to. He don't always work in our time schedule. He don't always work uh, to answer a prayer or a need in our life just like we think he ought to. A lot of times we want it to go a certain way and it doesn't work out exactly like we think. But how many of you know that every time God comes through, he, and he does every time, it's always going to be exactly the way it should be for the best and the good that he needs and wants for our life. No matter what it is, we have to have that confidence that all things work together for the good. The good. Not your good. Not exactly, for, now when I, when I say that, I mean not exactly the way you think it ought to be good. But when it talks about the good, sometimes the good in your life is out there and it's different than you think. But God wants you to understand and know that it works for the good 
in, the, in, his, in your life for those who love him and our purpose. One of the disciplines that it takes for us to truly understand the way that God works and the way he wants to work in your life and mine is that we have to have patience. In my life, I have learned I have to have patience in my walk with God. He knows so much more than I do, and I trust that. I will listen to him, and I will trust him when it comes to matters of my family, when it comes to personal desire, when it comes to things that I want or need, the church needs things that you need in your life when we pray. Isn't it wonderful? Sometimes you pray and you get an instant answer just like that. How, how many have had those wonderful blessings? Isn't it wonderful when you pray and, man, God comes down and he just meets that need right in the middle of where you are? Man, I'll never forget. There have been different times in my life where I have sent, either I've had it happen or we've seen it in our family where God has literally come on the scene, we've prayed, we've asked, we've asked in his name, and we have seen a miracle unfold right there in front of us. And boy, those are good days, aren't they? Those are days you never want to forget. But I've also had some times when I've had to pray, and I've had to pray, and I've had to pray, and it seemed like I wasn't getting anywhere. I've heard people testify, sometimes I feel like I'm praying up against a brick wall. Sometimes I feel like God's not hearing me. I'd be I'd be not telling the, all the truth if I told you I always felt like everything went right through on the hotline straight to the throne. But there are times I've had to knock on heaven's door a little longer than I thought I might should have. There are times in my life when I felt like I didn't understand where God was in the situation. And we have to understand that those times come to us and they're there for, for many different kinds of reasons. Sometimes... We need to understand that God's delay, his delay in answering a prayer need in your life is because of timing and scheduling and people that he's working details out and things. He just wants you to wait. He just needs you to have patience. He just, he's going to come through. He's going to do it, and it's going to happen, but you've got to wait. You've got to just hold on. You know, God doesn't always have, you know, he's, he's got work to do with all the people involved. And sometimes it takes a little bit of issue or it takes a little bit of schedule. But there are other times that, that he has to really kind of do a work inside of us. The discipline of delay, whether it be on purpose or whether it be something that he needs to work out in our life or whether or not we just need to endure, is something that we've got to understand tonight. I've had that experience of the instant prayers, and I love those. I've also had the experience of having to have patience. Times when I think he's never going to come through, that he didn't hear me. I'm living right. I'm doing everything I know to do, and yet I'm not getting the answer. God's not in nearly as big a hurry as I am. What we need to understand tonight is that that doesn't mean we're defeated. That doesn't mean that we're still not victorious, and that doesn't mean that we're still not triumphant in Christ. Something wonderful God wants to do in your life, I believe that he wants to perfect his work in every person in this house and in this world. I believe God has a plan, and he's got it designed out so that he wants you and I to have a clear path to the victory that he's promised, the promises that he's given in his word. He wants us to know the very best, and I believe that with all of my heart. But sometimes we have to let the good go by. Those are the things we think ought to work out. Sometimes you have to let the good go by in order to get to the best. 
There have been situations in my life where I have felt like I knew exactly what God needed to do. And when it all came back around, I found out that in my waiting and in my patience, God gave me something ten times better than what I had thought I needed. Sometimes it is a timing issue. Sometimes he just needs you to endure and have patience. But other times, just to be honest, and we don't really like sometimes to talk about this, but there are times in our life when God has got to work something out in our life. Oh, we get uncomfortable. We get uncomfortable when we have to talk about these things. But listen up, because I'm going to help somebody who's been waiting on God. And you've been pointing a finger up to heaven, and you've been blaming him, and you blamed everybody else, and you've not really started to take that open inventory on your own heart to see what God might be trying to do in you. It's real spiritual. It's real spiritual for us to say, we need to endure. We need to have patience. We need to wait. God's timing. It's just not worked out yet, and we just have to see what he's going to do. But hold on, because you're still good as gold. Well, those are okay. We can handle those. But what if I looked at you tonight, and I was being honest, and I had to really tell you the truth about some things, and I said that God might need to be working some things out with you. He might need to be doing some surgery on you. He might need to take you aside and teach you a couple of things. And maybe you need to be open tonight to what the word of the Lord might have to say to you. Listen to a couple of scenarios that God might have for someone here tonight. What if you're just not mature enough spiritually for God to be able to answer the cry of your heart and even the will of his, of his, his plan over your life? What if you're just not mature enough yet? Listen to what Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13 says. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Now, I've read that scripture, so hang on to your hat for a minute. And I like to say that. You know, I, I've said it several times over the last year. I like to look at people and say, well, hang on to your hat. It's important tonight that you and I understand that we may need to grow up. Is it all right if I say this? I think sometimes we need to do a little introspection. We need to do a little inventory on ourselves, and we need to put ourselves on the altar and say, Lord, it's me, me. I'm the one standing in need of prayer. Sometimes it's right for us. There are times I know it's not your fault. There are times that I understand and know in my life that it is not you that caused my difficulty. There are times I got to wake up to some reality, have a reality check, so to speak, and I got to remember and I got to take an inventory of myself because I realize that I'm the one who has the problem. Has anybody else ever done that, that where you've got the problem? We don't like to admit that. I mean, I, love, I loved working with young people because it, it was amazing how many parents, you know, it's every other kid in the entire youth group. It's not yours. 
You can say amen or oh me. It don't matter. It's the truth anyhow. Your child is perfect and all the other youth group kids are hellions, heathens, and they're the problem. Sometimes it's sister so-and-so across the way. She's the one that keeps you from the victory. She's the one or he's the one that keeps you from getting to that place where you need to be in God. We love to look around and find excuses and blame lots of stuff on other people. But it's right for us to have a, a, a time of introspection where we literally get down, like David said, and said, Lord, examine me. Look inside me. Where am I at? Oh, it's time for us to get out of the facade of playing a game and wearing a mask and get real with the Lord and get down right where the nitty-gritty is, so to speak, in our lives and say, God, it might be that I'm not mature enough. It might mean that I've got to grow up some. Lord, I might need to learn a few things. Maybe I've not studied like I ought to. Maybe I don't know enough of the Scripture like I ought to. Maybe I haven't spent time in the closet getting this whole attitude under control. Maybe I haven't submitted and surrendered myself like I ought to, and I get a little hot-headed, and I get a little upset, and I get a little testy, and I get a little attitude when I shouldn't. Maybe, Lord, it's me. Maybe I'm the problem. Can anybody say amen? amen? We need to understand sometimes it's us. There are other things. Perhaps God is waiting for you to get sincere. I knew this wasn't going to be real popular. Maybe God is waiting for sincerity of heart. Maybe you need to look in the mirror a little bit and check your motives. Check the agenda on your own heart. Now, I know this is tough stuff. I, I realize that this is, not the, this is not shouting material tonight, but it'll teach. It'll help us to grow up in Christ. There ain't nothing better than us getting to the place where we'll grow up in Christ. I am my worst nightmare. I will tell you, you don't need to tell me you don't need to really kind of, I mean, I'll take it if you'll give it to me. That's all right. But I tell you, I'm harder on myself than you'll ever be. And I'm glad that way. I'm glad I'm that way. I want to be that way. I'll never assume it's you right off the bat. Now, sometimes I will. And then I got to go pray about my attitude. But most of the time, I'm real good about looking and seeing what's the problem, Ray? What's the problem right here? What are you doing? Or what's your problem? What kind of need do you have right now? Many times I've had to come into the office and I've looked at the ladies and, and I've realized that I was the problem. And I had to go shut my door and ask the Lord to soften up my attitude. I love Missy Osborne. She is just playing up. She'll just tell you straight up. She'll be like, you're in a bad mood today. She kind of has that figured out, and she'll be like, I ain't talking to you. You're in a bad mood today. I'm like, well, what am I, you know, a monster when I'm in a bad mood? You can talk to me. She's like, uh-uh, I'm leaving. I'm walking out. She won't talk to me. But there have been many times when, when I've had that eyebrow problem. You know, maybe y'all don't have that. My eyebrow gives it away every time. And I have to go, and I have to find myself and, and say, Lord, what's my agenda today? What's my, what's my motives? Sometimes... You, you might find yourself with ill, ill motive. You might even find yourself being a little fake, being a little hip, hypocritical. It might be right for you every now and again to question your own motives. What is my agenda when I'm talking to that person or, or I'm doing this ministry? 
what am I doing when I'm doing this and I'm bragging on myself and I'm wanting to tell everybody what all the good things I've done? What is it when it takes, when you walk up to a conversation, what is it that, that kind of controls the situation when you got to tell people how much you do or, or what you are or how much you, you need respect or you need this or you need that? or well, What is that? Have you ever checked your own motive about what might be behind that? Is this all right? Sometimes it's right for us to ask the question, Lord, am I being sincere? Do I have a wrong motive? Do I have a wrong agenda? Is these the things that's holding God back from giving you the things you want? Some people want notoriety. They want nobility. They want power. They want position. They want title. They want all these things, and they go about it all the wrong way. The best way for you and I to ever get to that place where God begins to promote is to get humble and get on our knees and get broken before the Lord and let him do the pushing. Let him do the promoting. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22 says. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Sometimes it's right for us to get down on our face before the Lord and ask him about our own sincerity and our own agenda. Sometimes it's so right. I, I want to make sure in my own life that I'm evaluating who I am and what I am. I want to make sure that in light of God's word, I'm being pure and I'm being sincere, that I have a good love for one another. I want to remember that the Bible tells me, Lawton, that I'm to be an edifier, that I'm to be a, a person who builds up, that I'm to be a peacemaker, that I'm, being, I'm supposed to be somebody who puts things together and lives among men and women and try to put things make things better and fix things whenever I possibly can. I want to be somebody who's lifting up and not tearing down. Some folks don't even realize that they cause division. They don't realize they cause dissension. They don't realize they got an agenda all about themselves and they're tearing down ministry or tearing down others in the process of trying to lift themselves up. It's right for us every now and again to get down in the altar and say, God, examine my heart and help me with my motives. Help me with my sincerity. I want to be real before you, Lord. Somebody asked me the other day. I, I was a little stumped. I, I had a, about 10 things I wanted to say. They said, how would you describe you as a pastor of your church? And how would you want people to know you? How would you want them to describe you? And I was thinking, wow, you know, I mean, do you, do you want to be a powerful speaker? Do you, do you want to be, you know, have a good influence? You, what do you, you want to be a godly man of the word and you want you want to be all these things and I the list was going through my mind of all the things that I'd like and I just narrowed it down to something that I'm thankful for tonight that my mama put in every one of us kids when we were young she put something down inside of us that just made this the driving force of who we are because when I get away from all those things that impress you it really boils down to one desire that I have and that is at the end of the day when I am literally laid in the ground and you put a stone right there above my grave, I want people to look there and say he was real. He was authentic. 
and he had a relationship with God. That, at the end of the day, is all I care about. You can take the position. You can, I, anybody that knows me knows I never aspired for it. I never begged for it. I didn't want it. I actually fought it. I called all kinds of other preachers telling them I wanted them to come try out. Brother Watkins was looking for a pastor. I went calling everybody under the sun, but the whole time God just kept saying, hey, redhead, I'm trying to get a hold of you. I never aspired for this kind of thing. I never wanted this, this kind of thing for myself. I've always tried to just make sure I stay right in the center of what I know God's doing because that's where I'm going to be blessed. But when God was searching and looking, my heart and my, my cry before him, and when someone asked me how I would describe myself, I would try to say, and this should be yours as well. I'm not trying to be holier than thou. I'm not trying to, to, to make myself up. This ought to be the cry of every person in this house tonight. It ought to be that your cry ought to be, man, before the Lord, Lord, let me be authentic. Let me be real. Let me be the real deal. You've heard somebody say, boy, that one right there, they're the real deal. I pray right now here tonight that there'll be a desire sweep from this place left to right, that everybody before God, before the Holy Spirit of the Lord will cry out and say, Lord, I want to be the real deal. Is that your cry tonight? I want that in my own life. Sometimes he's looking for our obedience. Sometimes he's just looking for us to be obedient, to follow what he's already asked us to do, and he's not going to move one step further until you obey him. I've known that in my own life, and I knew very well, Audrey, I knew what I needed to do. I'd get down to pray, and it was like brass. There was that brick wall in front of me. I've got down and I've said, oh, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in your presence tonight. I'm going to make sure, Lord, that I, I, I'm this and I'm that and I'm praying over everything under the sun. And I just kind of sense the Lord just saying, well, when are you going to get to it? And I sense and I feel in my own heart, I know what he wants from me. And it isn't long before you have to get to that place where you say, all right, Lord, I'll do that. I'll do it just like you said. There are things sometimes he wants us to obey him in, in a particular deed. Sometimes he wants to, to, you're being tested in your faith. Sometimes he wants to know, are you willing? You know, there's been many times in my life the Lord has asked me to give things up. And you'd say, well, that was, that's not that thing that he wants you to give. That's not a, a sin or that's not a problem, but... Sometimes the Lord just wants to test you and help you to grow in your relationship with him, to hear him, and to be obedient to his voice. And he wants to know that you are hearing him. And he asks you to obey him. It was in the scriptures we read where Abraham had to sacrifice his son. And God was about making sure that Abraham was tested in faith to get up to the top of that mountain and follow through with his obedience. And there were lots of reasons. I've, through the years, I've thought of the many different reasons why Abraham was called to walk up that mountain. But I'll tell you, he was basically called up that mountain because God wanted to know that he could count on Abraham. And when that boy was tied to that altar, God knew it and God stopped it and provided a lamb. Sometimes 
in my life, God has to put something out there for me, and he has to check my obedience. Sometimes he withdraws from me. There have been times in my life where he has literally withdrawn his hand from me and his presence from me so that I will seek him, that I'll seek after him, so that I'll get in my closet and I'll, I'll spend time with him. I remember when I was being called to ministry, at one particular time I was doing Sunday school, I was working at the church, I was doing everything I could to just volunteer and give my time. I was spending so much busy time, but the Lord was trying to get a yes out of me for a very specific work. And I wouldn't hear it. I wouldn't listen to it. I didn't want to do that part. I, I felt like I wasn't good enough for that. And it was six months he wrestled with me until finally he got me. The one night I was so miserable and I pulled back from He had pulled his presence back from me. And I didn't understand what I had done. I had repented a hundred times. I felt like there had to have been some secret sin in my life, something that I hadn't discovered yet. I would get down and I'd cry and I'd pray. I'd go to church and everybody was worshiping and I was sitting there like a lump on a log, didn't feel a thing, didn't, want, didn't have a desire anywhere near me. I wanted to pray. I wanted to feel his presence and I couldn't feel any release. I couldn't get that sense of his presence in my heart and I didn't know what it was except that one night in particular, I locked myself up in my bedroom at the house and I said, I am not leaving this room until I get through to you. I don't know if you have that kind of relationship with the Lord, but let me challenge you tonight. Get into a place where you know when he's not there and you know when he's pulled back from you. Get into that relationship so intimate with the Lord to where you can hear him or you can not hear him. When he's not there, you can feel when he stepped away. And I remember that night in particular, I was just miserable. I was upset. I got on my knees. I stayed on my face. I begged and I cried and I prayed and I repented. And I asked him over and over again, what have I done? And I kept sensing and feeling in my heart as he kept saying, say yes. Say yes, boy. Say yes. Obey me. Say yes. You know what I need from you. And the moment I said yes, the flood of the Spirit of God came over my life and my heart and he laid me out on the floor and for another hour I just worshipped him and I was so I loved that presence of his spirit so strong right there in that moment you got to know when God's pulling back because sometimes he's just trying to get you to come a little closer he's trying to use that for you but you're still even in those times you need to understand we're always walking in victory we've always got the victory you are a child of God and you will always walk in victory don't ever let the devil tell you you're defeated. Don't ever let him tell you that God's not hearing you, that God's not there. God is always there. How many of you know he said he'd never leave you, never forsake you? God will always be right there with you and for you. He'll always be right there by your side, and God has got an answer for you. Knowing this, James chapter 1, verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, that is endurance, but let endurance have her perfect work that you may be perfect or complete and entire, wanting nothing. God wants us to remember. Sometimes you have to just go back because of the enduring time. Because of the time when you feel like, man, the, it, it, the, the heavens are silent and there's nothing out there for you. This is going to be victory for you. If you'll remember the former days, the text, our scripture we read tonight, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. Remember God's past performances. 
That's why I loved the song they sang tonight. Remember where he's brought you from. Remember what he did in the past. When you don't know what to do and you don't know what step to take next, man, you need to sometimes just sit down and start counting up what he's done for you in your life. Don't you remember Moses when he was getting ready to go on Mount Nebo to die? Do you remember what he did? He gathered all the children of Israel together, got them all right there, and what did he do? He went over a history lesson with them. He, wrote, he wanted to go back over what the Lord had done. He said, don't you ever forget, remember that he brought and caused water to come out of a rock. He said, don't you remember, or don't you forget to remember that he also rained down manna from heaven and he brought you food, fresh food every morning. Don't forget to remember that he parted the Red Sea for you to walk through on dry ground and then buried all of your enemies in its trail. Don't forget that he gave you shoes in the wilderness that wouldn't wear out, gave you clothes that wouldn't wear out. He said, don't forget those things because there's going to come a day, there's going to come an hour, there's going to come an enduring time when you've got to remember those things because that's when you're going to have the confidence to step into the new that's coming. David, as he stood before Goliath, I talked to my class on Wednesday night, it was there that, you know, when David stepped up and he saw Goliath standing in front of him, that Philistine that all of the armies of Israel were so afraid of, they were standing back there shaking in their boots. Here he was, a young man. You know where his confidence was? It wasn't in him. It wasn't in his armor because the armor didn't work. They tried to put somebody else's armor on him and it wouldn't work. He stood there and his confidence was not in himself at all. Do you remember what he said? He said, I remember, I remember that when a lion came after my daddy's sheep, God gave me the power to control and to kill that lion. And he said, and I remember something else. There was another time a bear came at the sheep there at my daddy's field, and I killed the bear. God gave me the power. He said, you come against me with your, with your shield and your spear and your javelin. He said, but I come against you in the one who helped me to kill the lion and the bear. I come against you in the name of Jehovah, the Lord over the armies of Israel. He said that's what he remembered. His confidence was in where he had come from. His confidence in what God is what was in what God had done in the past. Sometimes you have to hold. How many of you got miracles that you remember from a child all the way up? How many of your mothers had miracles? Your daddies had miracles. Man, you need to write them down. You need to write them in a book. Job said, oh, I, that I could write it on the, on the rock, that I could engrave it forever, that it could be written in a book and kept forever and ever and ever. For this, he said, I know that when this body is destroyed and when it's eaten up by skin worms, I know this, my Redeemer lives, and he is the one I'll stand before in that last day. When we have that confidence and we have that truth, down inside of us, there is no devil in hell. There is no, the Bible says, neither angels, no powers present, no things to come. Nothing, no creature, nothing will be able to separate you from that confidence that you have in God. The love of the Lord Almighty. When you've got that down inside of you, you can fight anything. That's why the writer said, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. That's why the writers all throughout the New and Old Testament were clear to talk about the impossibilities that were always possible with God. 
God can absolutely do anything. If he calls you to it, he'll get you through it. If God puts a, a mandate over your life and a calling over your life, don't you dare fear one second. You step out in the confidence, not in yourself, but step out in the confidence of the one who gives the call, who gives the power, and who will see you all the way through to the victory on it. Do you believe that tonight? You guys continually wear me out. Remember how God performed in your life. Remember these things. You had great odds against you. You had great persecution against you. But God came through. God calls you to remember when he brought you through. Gene, you've come through a hard year. It's been a tough several months, and you're alone. And sometimes you have good days, sometimes you have bad days. But, oh, you've got to go back sometimes and remember what he brought you and John through, where he brought you from, and how many times was he there for you and your babies before, and he'll be there now. Sometimes you have to reach way back into the portals of your memory. Sometimes you've got to go back to the treasure box, and you've got to pull some things out and say, oh, I remember what he did back then. I remember this time in my life. And you pull those things together, and when you do, it gives you the confidence to stand in the midst of your enduring time, your dark time. We are victors in Christ. And we have to remember that nothing, nothing that puts itself against us or puts it in our path to try to destroy us, nothing will overcome the child of God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says we are more than overcomers. We're victors in Jesus. And you have to remember that. Somebody's struggling in here tonight. Someone is feeling like, man, God hadn't heard your prayers. Someone's in here tonight feeling, like, man, I've been left, and I feel like I'm out here in the middle of the wilderness, out in the desert, and I don't know what to do. I don't know what my next step is. I don't know whether to go right or to go left. I don't know what I'm holding on for. Pastor, I'm just holding, and I don't even know what I'm holding on to. Let me tell you what you're holding on to. You're holding on to the one who makes the stars, and you're holding on to the one that separates the light from the darkness. You're holding on to the one that has the answer and will absolutely see you all the way through. Remember what he's done for you in the past and cast not away your confidence. Amen. Cast not away your confidence. Psalm 77 and verse 11 says, I will remember the works of the Lord surely. I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. When God is delaying in your life, that's when you need to hold fast to the treasures that you've had in the past. You need to hold them close. Every miracle. Somebody, you know, laughs every time I tell my, my salvation story. You know, I, I have stories, and, and I, I'll tell them. And, and I, I used to think when Brother Watkins was pastor for 18 years, I used to say, I know, Pastor, we're going to talk about the river. How many remember? I was 16 years old, and Helen, the love of my life, was down in that water. And the God, God she got caught up in, a, in a, tur, a twist of water, and she almost drowned, went down. And he said, and I went over to her, and I could tell you the whole story. He went over to her. He pulled on her and it pulled him down. And the two of them were going down for the third time when suddenly something came up from underneath him and pulled him up to the top and literally brought him out to the riverbank where he saved not only himself, but the young lady that he ended up marrying and being in ministry over 53 years with. When you look at that, I used to hear that story. And as a, as a youth pastor, I know how your youth pastors are. 
when I was a youth pastor, I'd sit there and I'd be like, oh, he's going to tell that story again. Okay, here we go. Yep, there's the river. Yep, the river story. I remember. He'd tell all them stories, but you know what I've come to find out? Kathy, I've come to find out that those stories, those were the things he was holding on to. Those were, that was his manna. That was his rock, water from the rock. That was his Red Sea experience. Those were the things that he was holding on to that when he, when he laid that little 16-year-old girl and laid her in the Middletown Cemetery over here at Woodside and he had to say goodbye to her for a little while until we're all reunited, he had to go back and remember the same God who brought him up out of the river. That's the God that's going to reunite them one day when they stand around the throne. He has, to, he has to hold on to those things. And now I find myself just like him. Hair Arena, 1981. <laughs> you've got your stories too. How many of you have got your stories? I've heard some of them. I've heard about this lady right here. Sister Rundell, won't you stand real quick and show everybody who you are. Just stand real quick. This lady, they're members of our church. Aren't you glad they've joined us this year? We're excited about her and Brother Rundell. Boy, you ought to get along with her for a few minutes and let her tell you about how God miraculously delivered her. She was in a horrible car accident down in Texas, wasn't it? Oh, it was Cincinnati, okay. <laughs> I know the story real well. <laughs> She was in this terrible car accident, and she's had all kinds of things. She'll testify to you. She'll talk to you 10, 15 minutes and tell you about the goodness of God. She's got her manna story. She's got her water from the rock story. She's got her shoes in the wilderness story, and you've got yours. How many of you got your story? You know where God has given you the treasures in your box. I'm telling you, you've got to hang on to those things. They're there for a purpose. They're there to help you, and they'll help others. When you've come through it, it'll help somebody else to get through it. If you'll go through what you're going through now, and you'll endure, and you'll not let the enemy cause you to be defeated or to give up, or you'll not get sour in your attitude, and you'll grow up, get mature, and get wise, and let God grow you and make you a stature of complete, completeness in Christ, if you'll let him do his work in you and finish it, You'll be able to use that to turn around and help somebody else. And God will use it as a testimony in your life. And that's what we have to understand. Because it says, for yet a little while, he who is coming will come and will not tarry. How many of you know he's coming? Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. For we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. For yet a little while... He is going to bring the promise. You said this morning that we are heirs to the promise of Abraham. We're heirs right there alongside of the Jewish nation. We are one together with them. And we stand under the inheritance of the promise of the one who called out the stars and said that he make a nation out of us. And we're part of the nation that God was talking about. And he's got his work over your life, his plans over your life. And he's got a plan of perfection to work out in you. I'm telling you, there's calling in you. Don't you wonder what's God doing? Oh, I'm in the dark time. I'm in this enduring time. I don't know what all he's doing in me. I guess I just don't fit. I guess I just don't belong. Oh, you need to hold on, child of God. You need to understand God's doing something. He's working. If you'll just have confidence and trust and endure like a good soldier, you'll get to the end of it. And when you do, you'll be 
able to look back and say, oh, that's what he was doing. That's what he was doing in my life. He'll have that answer for you, I promise you. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging for bread. I've never seen those that are God's come back with a story about how God let them down. God always comes through. He always is there. He'll always come and bring the victory in your life, and you have got it already. You're just getting to the place where it's discovered. So you keep on keeping on. Keep calm and carry on, they say. Let the Lord do his work inside of you. Face the hardships and the heartaches. And in spite of it all, remember the past performances of God. Retain your confidence in his word. When all else fails, remember what his word says. And stay true and hold to his word. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you, and he's going to get you all the way through this thing because you already had the victory before you ever took your first step. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? If you remain in the purposes of God, endure the purposes of God, hold on, even in delay, when the answer is not obvious, when you're not sure what he's doing, when you're wondering where he is, did he hear you? I've prayed, I've prayed, Pastor. I've been praying, I've been fasting, I've been believing, I've been listening. What's the problem? It might be that there is none. Endure. It might be that he needs you to be patient. It might be that he needs you to grow up. Whatever it is, endure. Have patience because after patience has done its good work in you, next is the promise. The promise. Every one of you has got a promise. Everyone in this house has a promise. Oh, not me. I'm just floating along. No, you're not. Everyone has a promise. What's down inside you? What's God doing in you? Understand that he will not fail. Don't give up. Don't quit too soon. Don't assume he can't hear you. Don't assume you're out of the will of God and you're just floating along. Don't assume the wrong things. When you're doing everything you know to do, you stay the course. You remember what he's done in the past that gives you the confidence to face the Goliath. You hold fast to his precious word when all else is unclear. And you endure. And you hold on until the promise comes. And I promise you, listen to me, I promise you, you're going to shout. There's a shout coming for everyone in this house who will not Stop trusting in God. For the just shall live by faith. You believe that? Say amen. Every head bowed, never eye closed tonight. I'd ask you right where you are. I'm, I, I'm asking you if, if you're going through a situation like that. If you feel like, man, the heavens are brass and you've cried out to the Lord, you don't know what he's doing. You don't know what he's saying. You can't figure it out. You're just in this holding pattern. You're like in an airplane and you're just circling the airport and there, there seems to be no, 
no lights in sight, no landing gear. It just seems like you're just out there and you're just going round in circles. I'm telling you, there's, a, there's an example of this in your word. There is a message for you in the word. It is that you need to remember what he's done in the past. Hold on through the struggles. Hold on through the waiting. Be patient. Be patient and cast not away your confidence for it has great reward. The only ones who never see the reward, listen, the only ones who never see the reward are the ones who give up too soon, who quit, who throw in the towel. Don't you dare give up now. Don't you give up now. You hold on. You hold to the fasting and you hold to the praying. You hold to the confidence of where he's brought you from for yet a little while. And he who is coming will come and will not tarry. So live by faith. But if you're in that pattern and you're right here tonight, you're saying, God, I am going to endure. I'm not going to give up. But Lord, I'm in this waiting period. I'm in this time where I don't know what to do right now. I'm going to be honest and submit myself to your processes. Lord, if you've got work to do on me, then I'm submitting to it. If there's something I haven't seen in me that I've got to see that you want me to learn, that you want me to develop, that you want me to have patience with, Lord, if there's something surgical you got to do in my soul, then I submit myself to it. But in the meantime, I will hold fast to the treasures of my past. I will hold fast to your precious word. And I will walk enduring in faith. If that is you tonight, I want you to come and stand across the front of this church. Just get out where you are. God, that's me. And I'm coming. I'm letting you know. I'm responding to you, Lord Jesus. Would you get out from where you are? Amen. God, that's me. I'm coming to you. Are you here tonight? I need to trust Jesus you, Lord, during this way. season of waiting, this pattern of waiting. Jesus is the answer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For the world today. I need prayer warriors, if you would, just step out. Anyone who will help us to pray tonight. Would you come and stand behind one of these folks? Would you help me tonight? Let's find someone. You can stand with them and let's pray over them. You begin to pray now. I'm going to come down through this aisle. And I want to help you tonight. I want to pray with you. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way, Jesus is the answer for the world today, loving there's no Jesus is the answer 
continue to pray tonight father we come before you we thank you for your continued steadfast love over us we honor you tonight lord that you don't ever give up on us that lord your love is everlasting we thank you that we can trust in you that we can lean on you that lord we can hold on to you not let go and we will see the reward, the promise of our victory. We give you the glory and the praise tonight as we go from this place. Empower your people. Touch them by your Holy Spirit and let the presence of Jehovah God guide and direct their every step into one victory, one miracle after another as we walk by faith. In Jesus' name, amen.